informing America's farmers and ranchers. This is AOA, produced by the American Ag Radio Network. Now, here's your host, Jesse Allen. And thank you for joining us here today on AOA, Agriculture of America. Great to have you along for the conversation. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. We have a busy show lined up for you here today. Coming up in segment two, we're going to talk weather with John Baranek from DTN, things in Brazil. Hot weather continuing down there in some parts while it's raining a little too much in southern Brazil. We're going to get the latest on their weather and also how are things looking here in the U.S. That's coming up here in segment two today. In segment three, we're going to have a conversation with the president of the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, Justin Tupper, discussing some of the latest details that have been announced from USDA as far as competition in the markets and more. And then in segment four, we'll talk with CHS president and CEO Jay Deberton. Kicking things off, though, on the program, let's talk with Darren Newsom, Senior Market Analyst at Bar Chart, as we get an idea of what is happening in the commodity markets and more. Darren, thanks again for joining us this week on AOA. How are you? I'm doing well, Jesse. appreciate you having me on again to start another week. Well, let's uh, let's dive in and have a conversation about mm-hmm. things. Soybeans and bean meal are off to uh, a nice little rally to kick mm-hmm. off Monday's trade. I know, of course, we had the USDA fodder last week that you uh, you're a fan of. I know uh, it's like playing Keno sometimes yep. with USDA numbers. So, uh, walk us through just this market dynamic overall in the grains here as we got past last week and now are starting off this new week. You know, there's had a lot of had a number of conversations with with folks over the weekend, and and really what it comes down to is the overall economy. You know, so when we're talking about these commodities, uh, particularly when we talk about the big three, the kings of commodities, crude oil, gold, and corn. So much of this is is tied to the the general economic picture. So, you know, we have to keep an eye on treasury yields. We have to keep an eye on, you know, what is the U.S. Fed going to do? Not necessarily the strength or weakness of the dollar. I don't I don't really see that connection as, as big a player uh, as many do because, you know, countries are going to buy where there is available supplies unless there are political reasons not to. So, you know, the strength and or weakness of, of currencies doesn't always, isn't, isn't always the, the deciding player. But as you mentioned here early to start this week, like so many weeks we've seen in the past, you know, corn's still asleep, not doing anything. That's just the way it is. It did tick to a new low uh, of 461 overnight, took out last week's mark of 461 and three quarter. But the interest is in soybean meal right now. And we continue to see meal skyrocketing you know, the, the nearby DEES contracts up $14 per ton, uh, 3.2%. So it's a, it's a sizable move. So bean meal is pulling soybeans higher. We continue to see some export sales of soybeans being made. Uh, the bottom line is we're still running behind last year's pace, both in shipments and in sales. We'll get our next weekly export inspections number later this month, um, later Monday morning. Uh, but the, the real deal here is soybean meal. Mm-hmm. There we're seeing that the total sales are actually running well ahead of last year's pace, 40 some percent ahead. So, I mean, it all goes back to last year's weather problem in Argentina, Argentina being the world's largest soybean meal exporter. And so that's going to put the spotlight on the focus on John Brannick, when, when your conversation with him next about what's going on in South America. Is there a chance we're going to see continued problems with the weather uh, in both Brazil and Argentina? Good thoughts there. Good thoughts there. You mentioned corn hitting another new contract low there in Deese Corn. And I just, 
I, I look at things here at the quarter bean markets as farmers are wrapping up harvest and I, I wonder, I guess I care to care to wonder here, Derek, if farmers are maybe going to be looking more at some potential selling here as we near the end of the year now that they're putting combines for the most part away. Mm-hmm. I mean, are, are they looking to take advantage of some of these opportunities? In the case of corn, you know, we're setting these new lows, but we're largely not falling out of bed yet here. No, it, it's been a grind. Uh, you know, we just we just continue to grind this market lower. And, you know, visiting with some some merchandisers and others over the weekend, you know, the general theme was uh, producers are undersold. And this is this is normal for this time of year. And in other words, they're, they're storing corn. They're waiting for that big move later on. We're seeing basis do its seasonal thing slightly firmer. But, I mean, there's nothing to get overly excited about. Future spreads are still neutral. There's nothing fundamentally bullish about this market. We didn't get our latest CFTC reports, but we could tell uh, because of the fri- uh, hol- holiday last Friday. But we can tell uh, the funds are still short the market. They've been putting pressure on it. So again, there there is an opportunity for corn to rally in here. It's grossly oversold. Uh, short-term daily charts, intermediate-term weekly charts, long-term monthly charts, it doesn't matter what you look at. It's sharply oversold. And so from that point alone, we could see a non-commercial-led rally just as they cover some short positions because it's over an oversold market. There's no fundamental reason to add new longs, but they could certainly cover some of their shorts. So there is that possibility out there, uh, particularly as we get closer to the end of the month here in the December contract, getting uh, moving closer to moving into delivery. We are talking markets with Darren Newsom, senior market analyst here at Bar Chart. Darren, uh, overall, before we shift to livestock, any other thoughts in this grain trade that uh, you want folks to kind of keep in mind right now? Yeah, you know, we we do have to keep in mind, you know, another thing that I've been watching closely, you know, we're in that six month period uh, where we where we watching the the Nove uh, Nove 24, excuse me, the 2024 edition of No Beans, Deese Corn Spread, uh, because this indicates where acres will likely go next year. And right now, Nove Beans are buying acres away. And so this we have to add this into our long term supply and demand you know, picture, you know, if we're going to plant. X percent and more soybeans versus corn, you know, that changes our long-term expectations of these markets and how they may and how they may act. So we certainly have to keep an eye on that. And, it, and then Nove beans have certainly been strong in relation to December corn. All right, Darren, let's talk livestock, cattle and hogs. A little bit of green there early on Monday. I know this cattle market has really taken it on the chin the last week or so. Any thoughts in this protein sector overall right now? Yeah, if we look at the cattle, uh, what we're seeing is selling's been coming from both sides of the market. We've got funds that have been selling. You know, this we can see this on on the sharp downtrend in the markets. We look at weekly charts, whatever we want to look at daily, weekly, and so on. Uh, we see just just enormous break, uh, moving to new lows last week. Uh, probably still some room underneath this market. If I'm looking at the D's contract, you know, it still looks like the next, you know. Technical targets down around 168 and a half, somewhere in there. We're sitting in the 173, 170, excuse me, 174, 175 range right now. But we also saw we also saw the cash market take a beating last week. Uh, you know, it, it, Friday afternoon, cash was reported four to five dollars lower in the south. So you know, again, some of this is seasonal. We haven't seen the winter storms moving in yet. We haven't seen concern of that. Again, another topic for John down the road. Uh, but certainly, you know, that that's always a concern. So if we can bottom these markets out, then we start turning our attention to to uh, to uh, winter weather and see if that doesn't start to lift the deferred issues like February, Feb, and April, and so on. 
But what we're really seeing in here is that the commercial side of the market is not as concerned about tight numbers as they were, say, a year ago, a couple of years ago. So that seems to be relaxing as well, certainly reflected in cash market and box beef, which has kind of been all over all over the board the last number of weeks. Mm -hmm. Darren, you still there with us? I'm still there. Did I? Did I? We just lost you there. Just the last second, you just cut out there. Sorry about that. Um, what were you, your last point there? We got about 20 seconds. Yeah. The, my, my, my last point there was that both cash markets and particularly the box beef has been all over the board of late. Uh, so really kind of raising some questions about how strong this market might be here over the coming weeks, possibly months. Okay. All right. Great thoughts. Darren Newsom, senior market analyst at bar chart. Always great to talk with you, my friend. Thanks so much. Have a great week. We'll talk to you again soon. All right. Thanks again, Jesse. Darren Newsom there with Bar Chart. All right, coming up next on AOA, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, a diesel that doesn't mess around. We'll talk weather with John Baranek from DTN on the way right after this. Take control of your legacy with Uncommon Farms. Their ag business professionals can help your farm take on challenges in the five key areas of financials, human resources, strategic planning, management, and succession planning. From their nine subject matter specific peer groups, full service accounting offerings, crop insurance experts, and more, Uncommon Farms is the resource your farm needs to succeed into the future. Visit UncommonFarms.com today to learn more about their service and software offerings that will propel your farm into the future. Did you know that pork is the world's most consumed meat? Pork comprises over one-third of all meat consumed. Pigs were domesticated over 9,000 years ago in 7,000 BC, and there are more than 180 species of pigs. Why pork? Well, it's not just because everybody loves bacon. Historically speaking, pork is a very easy meat to preserve via smoking, curing, or salting. Not only could it keep well before refrigeration, but it also tastes great under various preservation tactics and adaptable to a variety of flavors, spices, and dishes across different cultures and regions. There are twice as many pigs as there are people in Denmark. Did you also know that China is the world's lead pork producer? In 2020, they produced an impressive 41.13 million metric tons of the meat, which equates to almost 91 billion pounds. So the next time you dive into that plate of bacon, know that pork is the world's most consumed meat. These farm facts brought to you by the American Ag Network. Join us every Tuesday for Around the Table, brought to you by CHS, as we discuss how cooperatives support farmers and ranchers and build strong communities. Each week, we'll chat with voices from throughout the cooperative system. From global market access to local expertise, we'll explore how co-op ownership means you own a world of opportunities. Tune in on Tuesdays or visit cooperativeownership.com to learn more. Being blind doesn't always look how others may think. Stargard disease was supposed to define me. Retinitis pigmentosa aimed to overwhelm my family. It tried to cut me down. A blinding eye disease attempted to force me away from doing what I was born to do. But it cannot stop me. I have the tools. I will keep moving forward. Pushing past the limits of this disability. I know where to find support and where I can be seen. Great vision doesn't require great sight. 
innovative research, educational resources, supportive community. The Foundation Fighting Blindness is leading the charge in finding treatments and cures for blinding diseases. Make your impact today. Donate now at fightingblindness.org. A public service message from the Foundation Fighting Blindness. Information America's farmers and ranchers need. AOA. Now, back to Jesse Allen. Vern, thanks for joining us here today on the program. Jesse Allen back with you, and let's turn our attention to the weather. Things have been pretty mild here in the U.S., Letting a lot of farmers, uh, I hope, get some of their field work wrapped up here for this fall. We'll no doubt talk about that and maybe some potential pattern changes moving forward. But also, got to put a spotlight on South America. It's a pretty critical time frame right now for planting in Brazil and Argentina. Here with the latest DTN meteorologist, John Baranek, joining us here on the show today. John, good to catch up with you. Hope you're doing well. I am, Jesse. hope you are, too. Yeah, it's good to talk to you. Uh, we've got a lot of kind of interesting things to talk about with the weather. Maybe not as much here in the U.S. as we do down in South America, but we'll get, that to the, get to that in a minute, I think. Um, you know, we, we, we've seen uh, this really strong ridge start developing over the middle of the country, and, and we're pumping up temperatures again, um, you know, kind of that well above normal mark, you know, 15, 20 degrees above normal in some spots here across the north. So, uh, along with some drier conditions, I think that I think you're right. We get a lot of folks out there kind of wrapping things up. Hopefully, uh, I know there's a lot of work yet to be done in states like Wisconsin, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, kind of in the northern northeast sections of the of the Corn Belt. But um, you know, this is a is a pretty decent week to do so. So I mean, we do get a front to kind of move through later in the week, and we might have some mm -hmm. showers, especially for those eastern areas. Um, but for for the most part, it's it's rather dry and rather warm for most areas. Well, and that's uh, that's what I'm kind of hearing as well. I think a lot of folks trying to wrap up some of those Eastern Corn Belt farmers have been having a little bit of a more difficult time here. We'll see what the weekly crop progress report has to say Monday afternoon. But overall, feels like another good week to try and wrap things up and or get some of that fall anhydrous application or more done because sounds like looking out a little longer range, John. I know we're still trying to formulate a forecast, but getting towards Thanksgiving week and beyond, we, we could potentially see some pattern shifts here across the country. We certainly could. Um, they're, they're, the models are at least showing it. Uh, you know, we I think we talked last week about a storm system kind of moving out into the plains here this coming weekend, so before Thanksgiving. Um, and that, that storm system does look pretty decent, uh, especially if you look at the, uh, the, the European model. Uh, the American kind of GFS model doesn't really like it as much as the European does, but you know, I, I, I kind of trust the, the European in this case. So I think we got a, a good system here moving out into the plains this weekend. It does look like a, 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 some widespread precipitation from basically Canada all the way down to Mexico. Um, uh, and, you know, we could be talking about some, uh, some cooler air moving into the northern plains and kind of changing a little bit of that over to snow. We'll see. 
um, how that all pans out. I mean, we've got multiple pieces of energy that models are trying to phase together here. And um, if everything does come together, we, we might have some decent accumulations across the north, but we'll see. Um, but, you know, I, I'm expecting the storm system to produce kind of widespread precipitation here this weekend for the plains, kind of early next week, east of the Mississippi River. Um, and so we kind of start off uh, that, that week of Thanksgiving with a, with a pretty decent storm system, I think. Well, John, let's turn our attention to South America. That's where a lot of focus is at right now. Brazil, especially parts of Brazil, remaining pretty hot and dry. Temps over 100 degrees Fahrenheit this past weekend and seeing that continue here this week. And then more rain in southern Brazil. So it's kind of a tale of uh, two parts of the country here. What is the latest you're seeing in Brazil right now in terms of their weather? For this week, a lot of that same idea that you just kind of laid out. Uh, those central Brazil states, which are really high production states, where they, they start off with a soybean crop here. Uh, this part of the year, they'll, they'll harvest that and immediately plant corn so they can double crop soybeans with corn in the same you know, 12 month span. It's pretty incredible they can do that. But, you know, that relies on some pretty good weather and they just haven't had it here to start off this year. And this week's not going to be much different. Um, it, it continues to be very dry in central Brazil, spotty showers at best. And when it's not raining, um, they're so close to the equator that temperatures soar up to a uh, hundred degrees or more. So, um, it's, it's, it's pretty brutal to be a farmer out there with, with your soybean in the ground. Um, you know, trying to escape, uh, trying to just survive through this week because hopefully uh, by this weekend that'll change again on the, on the southern end of the of the country it's it's been the exact opposite um, they can't dry they can't dry out at all um, you know if you've looked at the last 60 90 days some of these areas have had over 40 inches of rain which is just incredible um, we're seeing all sorts of reports of flooding flooding damage you know trying to be a crop in developing and developing in bogged down soils. It's just not easy to do. But, you know, this weekend we see a little bit of a change. So we get one of these systems that's just been stalling out across southern Brazil for weeks on end, finally push its way northward and, and get some more rainfall into central Brazil uh, going into next week. How long that that lasts is, is a great question. Uh, it looks like at least a good week's worth of rainfall uh, there in central Brazil. But, you know, they typically need rain every day during their mm -hmm. wet season so just one week's not going to cut it and if we look at kind of the longer range forecasts um we we start drying that out again as we get into um into december so um it's it's a tenuous situation down there in central brazil southern brazil even though kind of everything moves off into to central and northern brazil uh next week um they don't dry out for too long we see that wet pattern wet wet signal kind of continuing um through at least the rest of this year. So we've got another six weeks of that at least. Um, so things not going good in Brazil at all. Argentina has been good though. Um, you know, this, this active pattern that has been going through Argentina has stalled in Southern Brazil where the, that rain has been intense, you know, is passing through Argentina with occasional showers and, you know, periods of rain. And it's been hitting most areas and uh, they're, they're getting decent rain. They're not getting that huge mm -hmm. flooding rain. Um, and there's been some pockets in there that have been dry, but, you know, Argentina has been, you know, much improved over the last few weeks. And that looks like that'll probably continue as well. So um, it's kind of a tale of two countries, you know, the la last couple of years with La Nina, we were talking about how Brazil was doing real great for the most part. And Argentina was having significant struggles. Well, that kind of flipped here with El Nino. 
Well, John, an interesting thought I had, maybe you can uh, add to this, is that it almost feels like what's going on in Brazil and Argentina right now is almost equivalent to what was happening here in the U.S. this past April, May, June. A lot of worries about the weather pattern impacting planting and then things kind of even themselves out here and we've had a pretty decent harvest it feels like much of the same happening in south america right now in, in that respect is it's kind of that critical mayish time frame that we would see here in the u.s for brazil right now would you agree with that sentiment uh, I would say similar, but not not exactly the same. You know, I yeah. mean, it's a different part of the, the world. And, you know, they're, they're still getting some rain down there. It's just not to the extent that they typically do. I mean, when you talk about normal for central Brazil, um, normal during the month of November would be, you know, eight to 10 inches of rain. So when they get two or three, that's extremely dry, you know, like a quarter of what they normally see. But, you know, that's not what we were seeing in may and june uh here in the u.s we were seeing zeros so um it's it's at least better for them in terms of they're, they're getting some rain but you know again it's different in where our soils are actually really good their soils are not so they're getting rain but it's over really poor soils they can't handle they can't soak up that rain it doesn't stick around very long and the temperatures have been wildly different too when we were seeing those those dry conditions there in may and june we weren't looking at hundred degree temps every day. Uh, they are so. I mean, there's a lot, there's there's some similarities uh, to kind of how the pattern is worked out, but it's not necessarily the same sort of impact. And again, this is uh, you're kind of right here. You know, if if we look down there in, in South America, it's kind of like early May up here, and so they've got a long ways to go yet. Um, uh, you know, the the dryness has been a big concern, um, and you know, for us here in the in, in the Corn Belt, it lasted, you know all the way through the, the end of June, um, which would be another month uh, down there if we kind of draw an, an equivalent. So um, they've got some time to turn things around and, um, you know, bursts of rain aren't great for them, but at least it's something. Um, it's probably better than what we saw here. And, you know, what's the, it's hard to deny those wet season showers. Mm -hmm. uh, that's just, a, that's just a, a typical thing that just happens there. Um, whether or not that's, you know, to what, their, their normals are, you know, that's, that's, that's one thing, but it's really hard to deny that. So even, even half 50, if we were getting 50% normal rainfall down there, it'd still be enough to make a soybean crop. So uh, there's, there's still a long ways to go. There's still things to turn around. It's not great right now. Um, but I don't, I'm not shouting doom and gloom yet until, unless these showers that move through disappoint. Um, if, if it's just spotty down there, then we might, uh, start thinking once we get into December that this might be a, a much bigger issue, but it, it's probably going to take another few weeks. All right. Well, we do appreciate the insight as always. John Baranek, DTN meteorologist. John, thanks for joining us on AOA today. Have a great one. We'll talk to you next week. Thanks, Jesse. Always good to talk with you. All right. John Baranek there with DTN. Coming up next on AOA, brought to you by Cenex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil, an oil that runs smart. We'll talk with Justin Tupper, the president of the U.S. Cattlemen's Association, on the way right after this. Non-attorney paid spokesperson. Could your house go into foreclosure? Are you behind on your mortgage payments? Does it seem like the bank has no interest in helping you save your home? and you feel like you have nowhere to turn for help, then we have good news for you. 
Foreclosure protection services can help save your home as they specialize in foreclosure assistance. That's all they do. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, being threatened with foreclosure, have been denied a loan modification, or been the victim of a predatory loan, it's critical that you call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. Their network of attorneys and their agents are available to speak to you now. If you're behind on your mortgage payments, Foreclosure Protection Services can help stop the foreclosure process. Call today before it's too late. New laws are in effect that may save your home. Call Foreclosure Protection Services now at 800-926-1701. 800-926-1701. That's 800-926-1701. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Risvet with this Market Update. Livestock is firmly higher this morning. Grains and oil seeds are mixed with beans and bean meal, leading the upside. Soybean futures plummeted on Thursday when USDA raised its U.S. soybean yield estimate rather than lowering it. Prices bounced modestly on Friday and then gapped higher overnight to add modest gains to Friday's action. Risks are still remaining in Brazil, while Argentina's growing season appears to be off to a much better early start. U.S. soybeans are also getting a bump this morning from larger purchases of U.S. supplies, mostly by China. Now, China bought 1.04 million metric tons from U.S. suppliers for delivery in 23-24 marketing year. An unnamed country has purchased 662,500 tons from the U.S. And on Wednesday, the government announced separate sales of 433,000 tons to China, 132,000 tons to unknown destinations, and 344,000 tons received in the reporting period to an unnamed buyer. The agency also reported sales of 270,000 tons of corn to Mexico. All of that, though, followed the sale of 110,000 tons of soybeans to China announced last Tuesday. And U.S. soybean prices are remaining competitive for now as Brazilian producers plant their fields. As for wheats, they're beginning this week lower with all three down for the third straight day, as is the Euronex's Paris Milling Week contract. Now in the U.S., it is wheat demand for wheat that has sent both Kansas and Chicago wheat both below their 20-day moving averages once again. U.S. wheat export sales still trail those of a year ago by about 6% and on pace for the lowest exports in 50 years. Now, the U.S. has certainly lost market share as Russia's aggressive marketing campaign and rising crop production has been the weight on the market. Last week, the low ball in USDA finally raised Russian production by 5 million metric tons to 90 million metric tons, but that is still 2 to 3 million metric tons lower than other private analysts and the Russian ag minister has said. You're listening to AOA for the American Ag Network. I'm Richard Ristvet. Hi, I'm news correspondent Bob Woodruff. In 2006, a roadside bomb struck the armored vehicle I was riding in while reporting from Iraq. I sustained a life-threatening traumatic brain injury. The military term, got your six, means I have your back. And that day, our service members had mine. During my recovery, I learned firsthand the challenges facing our service members who return home with injuries. While serving, their fellow service members always had their six. Now that they're home, it is our turn. We started the Bob Woodruff Foundation to make sure that the camaraderie and support they relied on in the military carries on, and we need you. Please join us as part of the Got Your Six initiative and help us be there for impacted veteran service members and their families. They've had our backs. It's time we have theirs. Learn more at gotyoursix.org. That's gotyoursix.org. Using the number six. Informing America's farmers and ranchers, AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen 
And thanks for staying with us here on AOA Today. Agriculture of America brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel, a more complete additive package for a more complete burn. Well, we've seen the USDA announce uh, some new uh, new competition initiatives. We'll put it that way as they've uh, come out here and looking at establishing a chief competition officer at USDA's Agricultural Marketing Service and a lot of updates to the Packers and Stockyards Act and more. And we want to learn more about what exactly USDA is doing and get perspective from the U.S. Cattlemen's Association. Joining us now, their president, Justin Tupper, is with us. Justin, it's great to have you back on AOA again. I hope you're doing well. Very good. Thanks for having me. So get us up to speed. What exactly is USDA doing here? What is the Biden administration doing here with some of these different competition initiatives? And I know that you guys are in support of this. So what exactly is going on here, Justin? Yeah, I think uh, the big thing is is uh, recognizing that uh, the need for competition, especially in the meatpacking industry, is huge. And uh, it's a first step in, in correcting uh, some of the wrongs. Uh, that are out there that the big guys get uh, all of the first place checks and uh, the little guys always got to take second. So I think uh, competition is uh, paramount to our business. Uh, and we do applaud the uh, Biden administration for at least uh, pushing these initiatives forward and, and recognizing the need for competition in the uh, marketplace. Well, and I know this is something that uh, a lot of folks have been looking for USDA to do this for quite some time. And to your points, uh, trying to level out the playing field here, so to speak. Right, Justin? Absolutely. You know, uh, we, we, we need a referee in the game. We, we don't have anybody that uh, speaks or works for us. It's uh, uh, really narrow at the top. You have four major packers, as everybody knows, that pretty much control uh, the uh, meat side of the uh, cattle industry. Uh, so we definitely need uh, somebody in our favor and looking out for us, uh, making sure that uh, uh, the level playing field is fair and that we're getting our fair shake of uh, uh, what happens in the meatpacking industry. Well, I know uh, the USDA announcing uh, some of the new rules, looking to strengthen the Packers and Stockyards Act here, and then um, bringing on this person that will be kind of uh, an overseer, so to speak, here at USDA. And I know uh, timeline-wise, uh, we got to get that person into this position, but hopefully once they are there, that could, that could really help to be that referee in the game, as you mentioned. Yeah, I think, uh, again, uh, if we can get uh, that person in place, uh, Andy Green has been the uh, great voice for the industry, uh, and hopefully they can get somebody like him or possibly himself in this position uh, working for the competition to make sure that we have uh, uh, what we need in place to, to get the prices uh, that are out there. And, and uh, we know they've got to make money, but uh, we definitely, uh, with everything going on in the industry, we've got to get our fair shake, too. Well, it's good thoughts, and again, watching USDA uh, with the competition initiative, something for us to definitely follow along with. Justin, uh, while we have you on the show today, let's talk about some other things uh, impacting the cattle industry and agriculture. Sounds like a farm bill extension is on the table here. We got word over the weekend that the House and Senate uh, Ag Committee leaders have agreed to a one-year extension to get uh, thrown in with a, a stopgap funding bill to keep the government open past Friday. 
I know a lot of groups want to see a new five-year farm bill done, but obviously since the current one's expired, we had to do something here uh, to at least provide some certainty, it would seem. What are your thoughts on that uh, possible rumored extension here of the current farm bill? Well, more of the same from the government. I, I think, uh, you know, uh, business as usual is not doing business at all, and that's tough. And I know there's uh, a lot of good members up there been working hard trying to get a farm bill done. Uh, we obviously think uh, it's uh, nonpartisan. We should be able to get this thing uh, finished up, but uh, it looks like they're going to kick the can down the road uh, a little further, and that's kind of business as usual, unfortunately, the way things happen today. Well, with things getting kicked down the road, do you believe that allows a little more time to make sure that the Farm Bill covers as many things as as folks want to see covered in the Farm Bill? Maybe in terms of the cattle industry, making sure there's certain things in that Farm Bill that the cattle industry wants to see. Does it, do you feel like this at least allows us a little more time to get it done right, Justin? Well, you hope so. I think uh, the the arguments have been out there. I think uh, everybody knows uh, where everybody else stands. And uh, uh, to me, uh, and of course, uh, it's the way we do business in the Midwest. And when the things need to get done, you get up, you get it done, and you you finish the project. But uh, government doesn't work that way, unfortunately. So we've got to let the the hands be that are. And uh, hopefully, uh, they will look at all of the. You know, we'd, we'd love to see a livestock title. Uh, but uh, that's not something they're willing to do at this point. Uh, but maybe as we work uh, down the road and push this thing back a little, maybe we can get a few more things in there that we need. But uh, it'd be nice to see the government work at a pace that's uh, the same as uh, our industry, and that's to get it done when it needs done. Justin, I know, too, we've heard uh, news that uh, USDA is allowing Paraguayan beef imports starting next month, and Paraguay has a history of foot and mouth disease. And, you know, I know we have a, a cattle herd here in the U.S. that needs rebuilt, but, you know, looking at allowing imports from a country that has a history of foot and mouth disease here to the U.S., that's a bit of a head scratcher to me. Uh, have you seen that news? Any thoughts on that? We have, and we, we are vehemently opposing uh, uh, letting that happen. And it's not about uh, worrying about uh, the meat on the market. A lot of people say you're, that uh, you become isolationist if you don't let uh, some of these markets in. But uh, there's a significant risk there, and we don't have all the facts, and, and uh, we don't have boots on the ground to make sure we're not. And, and we're, there's too much to lose in our industry to just uh, uh, let these uh, countries uh, begin to start shipping beef, whether it be frozen or live or uh, however they're going to do it into our country. It's just too big a risk. And the uh, U.S. cattlemen, we definitely oppose uh, allowing that to happen. It just, it seems, like I said, just kind of a head scratcher to me on on why we would want to allow those imports from Paraguay. I, I know, obviously, I, I mean, we have to let certain countries in exports, imports, et cetera. I mean, we, you know, we have to maintain our trade relationships. But to me, this one just seems way out of left field here, Justin. Well, and the timing of it, you know, we're, uh, we've seen a significant downturn in our markets and, uh, and a huge uptick in imports uh, uh, as they've uh, been able to import uh, meat to definitely uh, way down on our markets and the and, uh, producer. 
so I, I think the timing of it's tough. I think that uh, the significant risks are way too high uh, for any possible benefit from this. So, uh, again, U.S. cattlemen are definitely going to oppose this one. All right. Well, Justin, uh, in terms of just this cattle uh, industry and the herd and more, I know, I mean, you have your uh, your operation in South Dakota and you have a pretty good pulse of what's happening across the countryside here. What's the sentiment among cattle producers here as we turn our attention to rebuilding this herd moving forward and looking at the markets and more and just the prices, et cetera? What's kind of the latest you're gathering from your fellow ranchers uh, across the country right now? Yeah, I appreciate that. And I think uh, frustration is the biggest word that I hear. You know, fundamentals uh, in our marketplace have not changed at all. And we've seen a significant sell-off in the uh, uh, futures trade uh, with, with little or no news uh, to back that up. And I think uh, it's it's really tough on uh, our farmers and ranchers when we have to depend on commodities with uh, big fund groups driving the board up and down at a whim. Uh, and, and that's what dictates our markets, not uh, the truth of the matter that our cow herd is the smallest it's been in, in over 50 years and, and uh, the, the real market drivers uh, that should be in place. And, and instead, we, uh, we, we go on uh, fund managers and how they feel that day. And if they want to make some money or move the market, they can do that. Uh, I think it's something we've got to continue to work on. Uh, it's a definitely a tough question, but we, we look at these uh, uh, markets that, that move for little or no reason, and we've, we've expanded the limits. We can, we can see $10, $20 swings in less than a week, and, and, and that's huge. That's, that's uh, somebody's uh, lifetime earnings that they can lose in just a few days. So uh, I think we got to take a long, hard look at uh, the CME uh, they, they definitely want those trades because they're for profits. So the more they trade, the more they make, uh, and it has no no uh, real significance in, in the actual marketplace. So uh, we got some big challenges ahead there, but uh, I think uh, we can attack them and, and, and maybe make some changes that would definitely help our market. Well, Justin, before we let you go as well, I should mention, I know U.S. Cattlemen's, uh, you guys have uh, your um, – annual meeting and cattle producers forum coming up here in december in fort worth texas give us a plug for that real quick yeah thank you i appreciate that december 1st and 2nd we'll be in fort worth texas uh we're going to be tackling uh, mrna vaccines we're going to have some great speakers uh, secretary of ag in texas going to be there uh lots and lots of uh, good uh, information going to be had so we hope everybody can get signed up and we'd love to see you in fort worth december 1st and 2nd go to uscattleman.org for uh, more info uscattleman.org for more of that info and we've been talking today with the president of the u.s cattlemen's association justin tupper justin thanks for a few minutes of your time here as always we appreciate it and we'll look forward to having you back on agriculture of america again real soon thanks so much thank you jesse appreciate it justin tupper there with the u.s cattlemen's association joining us here on aoa all right, coming up next, we're going to talk with Jay Deberton, the president and CEO of CHS Incorporated, recap their most recent fiscal year earnings results and more. That conversation is coming up after the break here on AOA, brought to you by Cenex Maxtron Synthetic Diesel Engine Oil. We'll be back with more on the way right after this. Children are the greatest joy. 
and our best hope for a better future. Friends, they are the future. But did you know that millions of kids right here in our own backyard are facing hunger every day? Without healthy food, it's harder to grow, to thrive, to feel their best. The impact when children don't have enough to eat is tremendous because when you're hungry and your basic needs aren't being met, you cannot learn. Every child deserves to be fed. This is a problem we know how to solve. Food is not just food. It's energy, health, confidence, hope, and even love. Yes, love. Breakfast in the classroom contributes to kids being more focused, which leads to higher grades, and simply just their well-being. Thank you! Learn more about how No Kid Hungry is helping end child hunger in America at helpnokidhungry.org. Now. We tend not to think about now. We dream about tomorrow, relive yesterday. But sometimes we don't see what's right in front of us. Victory over cancer is in front of us. Right now, cancer research is saving lives. Cancer research funded by the V Foundation is leading to new discoveries and new treatments and ultimately, one day, victory over cancer. Give to the V Foundation. Right now, one out of every two men and one out of every three women will get cancer in their lifetime. Now is your moment. You may save someone you love. 100% of your donation goes directly to game-changing research. 100%. Donate at V.org. Because today's cancer research is tomorrow's victory. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. Take control of your legacy with Uncommon Farms. Their ag business professionals can help your farm take on challenges in the five key areas of financials, human resources, strategic planning, management, and succession planning. From their nine subject matter specific peer groups, full service accounting offerings, crop insurance experts, and more, Uncommon Farms is the resource your farm needs to succeed into the future. Visit UncommonFarms.com today to learn more about their service and software offerings that will propel your farm into the future. Join us the first Wednesday of every month on AOA for the latest episode of The Monthly Grind with our friends at the National Corn Growers Association. We'll discuss the latest topics surrounding the corn industry, the relationships between corn and other parts of the agricultural supply chain, the newest initiatives and partnerships from NCGA's Market Development Action Team, and much more. That's the first Wednesday of every month for The Monthly Grind on AOA. It's a show you don't want to miss. In today's troubled world, our USA Armed Forces stand ready to protect you, your family, and our American way of life. When veterans return to civilian life, they deserve your recognition and support. You can help put vets to work by donating your car, truck, or van to Patriotic Hearts. Your donation will directly support programs to help vets find jobs or even start their own business. Donate today for fast, free pickup of your vehicle, running or not. Operators are standing by to answer questions about making a tax-deductible vehicle donation. Find out how you can make a difference in the life of a United States veteran. Call 800-209-6416 for 24-hour response. Call 800-209-6416. 800-209-6416. That's 800-209-6416. Thank you. 
This is Ernie Johnson Jr. Sports is about overcoming obstacles, and college coaches work hard to help young men overcome Duchenne muscular dystrophy. It's called Coach to Cure MD, and you can help. Text the word CURE to 501-501 to donate $25 on your next mobile phone bill, or go online to coachtocuremd.org. Text the word CURE to 501-501. Help coaches cure MD. Brought to you by the American Football Coaches Association. The landscape of media has changed and people are more skeptical than ever about where they get their news and information. While major news outlets show decreasing credibility, your local farm radio station still shows strong marks. In a recent survey, farmers rated information from their farm broadcasters as almost twice as reliable as major news outlets. Farm radio continues to be transparent, honest, and trustworthy. This message brought to you by the National Association of Farm Broadcasting. Keeping America's farmers and ranchers informed. AOA. Now back to Jesse Allen. And welcome back to AOA. Agriculture of America brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel. A diesel that doesn't mess around. Well, right now we want to have a conversation about the most recent fiscal year earnings report from CHS. Joining us there, President and CEO, Jay Deberton. Jay Great to have you back on AOA. It's always good to have a discussion and conversation with you. Hope you're doing well. Thanks for joining us. I am, Jesse. Great to be with you again. And uh, and it, it's just as we're entering into into winter, it's uh, it seems like we're 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 right there again. And time goes fast, doesn't it? Definitely. I, I can't believe where time has gone here this year. Hard to hard to imagine that the holidays are upon us and another fiscal year has come and gone for many companies here in the country. And of course, that includes CHS and another strong fiscal year for 2023. Uh, just give us the high level overview to start uh, on some more strong earnings again for the company. Sure, Jesse. Yeah, we were we're fortunate to to report an, uh, another uh, record year for earnings for CHS. Uh, we had a record year last year um, at about 1.7 billion dollars worth of earnings. Uh, this year that we just uh, reported this week, uh, Jesse, we we've set another record, and that's at 1.9 billion dollars worth of earnings uh, for for the year. So two strong back to back um, years really led, uh, like we've talked about. Uh, um, many times before, um, Jesse, it just uh, starts with with good support by local cooperatives and farmers in their business that that, that were able to earn um, by CHS from those uh, from those people. Uh, the dedication of our employees and our workforce around the world, uh, really exceptional operational performance. The company operated uh, well this year. And we had market forces that are also uh, beneficial. That uh, that you know that's that's a part of who we are, and uh, and that's why you know at CHS we're we, two, no two years are ever the same. Um, that's just because the world is never the same, and drought conditions and weather conditions and everything else can can can, can move on us. But but nevertheless, it was a really really strong year, and we're we're just delighted to be able to return the benefits of that year to rural America. Yeah, and uh, we're going to talk about returning those benefits a little more here in a second. But you mentioned some of those market forces and breaking things down. 
strong on the energy side, the ag side. You think about the uh, robust meal and oil demand that was out there. Uh, just looking at the different sectors here throughout the company, Jay, uh, a lot of a uh, lot of great things to point to, isn't there? There, there is Jesse, and and and, and to your point, just breaking it down a bit in energy at 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 CHS, and that you know a lot of that energy is under the Senex brand that uh, that your listeners would would be familiar with across uh, across rural America. We we reported earnings of 1.1 billion dollars within uh, within that area. That's up about 459 million dollars over last year. Uh, really came from strong uh, refining margins from our two refineries, one in McPherson, Kansas, uh, that's a, that kind of serves the central part of the country, uh, and one in Laurel, Montana, which kind of serves some, some of the northern parts of, of, of the country. Really good performance from those two plants. Some advantages that we have uh, were uh, on our crude oil acquisition from, uh, from, from Canada. We're a big buyer of crude oil up there. Uh, and together, they really resulted in nice energy earnings. In our egg segment, you know the point that you made is is absolutely right. Good good earnings around uh, soybean crushing, uh, canola crushing business, and that's driven by lots of things. Jesse, we've talked about in the past renewable diesel and things that are really have those industries on fire. Uh, on the other hand, we did uh, we we did see some reduced earnings primarily because of fertilizer kind of reset this year. A year ago, when we were talking about uh, results, uh, we were speaking about fertilizer prices that were really up at lofty levels. And um, and we knew at some point they would reset because that's just the way these markets work. And they did this year. And we've reset, to, uh, I'll just call it probably more reasonable levels for those prices. Mm -hmm. And when we when that happens, we got to revalue our inventories and, and, and all of those things. But but we know that, and we expect that, and that's in the, and that's what happened. At the end of the day, I actually think it's it's a bit better for agriculture. I think the numbers we're operating in today is just, are just more reasonable levels for for inputs uh, that, that that farmers uh, need in part of their operations. Yeah, great, great thoughts there uh, about things and kind of that reset, as you mentioned, in the fertilizer market. Well, overall, you alluded to this earlier. Uh, with the uh, another good fiscal year, the company planning to return a good chunk of this money to its uh, cooperative owners uh, in rural America in this upcoming fiscal year. Talk about that a little bit, Jay. Sure, Jesse. I mean that you know that's really the benefit of the cooperative system is uh, is we we can provide these goods and services at competitive prices uh, and invest in speed and space for the benefit of, of, of farmers and the equipment that they operate. And then at the end of the day, the, the, the earnings go back to the people that did business with us. Um, and and in one way they go back is the cash we send to rural America, both for the business they did this last year, as, as well as um, for business they've done in previous years and, and, and the stock they hold from that. Uh, and the, we've announced, um, Based on our on our uh, earnings from 2023 that we just announced this week, we're going to send out uh, early the next calendar year 730 million dollars to rural America in cash uh, for people that did business with CHS. Now that's on top of one billion dollars that we sent out earlier this year based on the previous year's uh, results. So if you think about it in two-year window, Jesse, that's 1.73 billion dollars that CHS has sent out to rural Americas for farmers, for local cooperatives, both of which to invest in their business and spend in rural America. And I think that's 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 a hugely important 
benefit of all cooperatives uh, and how the business model works about putting that cash back out into rural America to the people that that have a connection to agriculture. And it's, uh, it's, it's we're just really delighted that we're able to do so. Well, with that, we will let you go. We do appreciate the time, as always, recapping the uh, recent fiscal year and all the work that CHS does for its cooperative members. With that, Jay Deberton, President and CEO of CHS. Thanks so much for joining us, Jay, and we'll talk to you again soon. Happy to be with you. Thank you, Jesse. Once again, Jay Deberton there, President and CEO of CHS. All right, that's going to do it for AOA here today, brought to you by Cenex Premium Diesel Fueled by innovation, powered to perform. Coming up on tomorrow's program, we'll talk dairy markets with Alyssa Badger from High Ground Dairy and winter bull management with Madison Kovarna from South Dakota State University. That's going to do it for the program today. I'm Jesse Allen. Have a great rest of your day. Paid non-attorney spokesperson. Are you over the age of 60 and been diagnosed with lung cancer? If so, you and your family may qualify for a cash award. Our experienced attorneys are standing by to evaluate whether you have a lung cancer claim that qualifies you for a cash award. The consultation is absolutely free and there is no risk and no money out of pocket. We only receive a fee when we secure you and your family a settlement. 250,000 people are diagnosed with lung cancer every year. You're not alone in this battle. We can help make sure that you and your family are financially safe and that medical expenses are covered. Again, if you've been diagnosed with lung cancer and are over age 60, call now. Don't delay. There are deadlines for filing claims. We're standing by 24-7. Call us at 1-844-903-1744. 1-844-903-1744. That's 1-844-903-1744. Attorney Advertising. William Stephacker Jr. is the attorney responsible for this ad. Main office, Granton, Pennsylvania. May not be available in all states. In Iraq, our truck hit a roadside bomb. I had about 16 surgeries on my hand so that I could regain function. And when I came home, I needed a new roof due to a storm. And my electrical was deemed unsafe. And I was about to lose homeowner's insurance as well. I didn't really know where to go in order to get help. And so I applied for Operation Homefront Critical Financial Assistance Program. They've really been a blessing. Operation Homefront is a safety net. A lot of veterans, they fall through the cracks sometimes. And Operation Homefront, they catch us. It's been a blessing to us. It's a blessing to other veteran families. And it's good to know that when we come home, there are people who are there that care about us and want to see us do well and want to see us succeed. And we feel it and we appreciate that. I would say you guys are angels behind closed doors. Visit OperationHomefront.org to learn more.